Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join me today for the week in review where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Topics for this week from good returns on the 31st of October, new housing rules create dilemmas. Second topic from the mortgage mag on the 1st of November, people batten down the hatches in the tough environment from Centrix. Topic number three, good returns, 31st of October, Sir John Key lambasts the triple CFA. Fourth topic, RNZ, 1st of November, how long should you lock your mortgage to avoid high interest rates? And last but not least, landlords on the 2nd of November, surface water and river flooding, big risk for property prices. So first up this week in review, we've got good returns on the 31st of October, new housing rules create dilemmas. The new density residential standards, MDRS legislation, allows developers to build three three-storey townhouses in existing urban areas with a resource consent, while the National Policy Statement on Urban Development, or NPSUD, permits the creation of six-storey apartments, even on small suburban areas within a 20-minute distance from city centres and rapid transit stops. Both policies run alongside each other, which reflect the Labour national bipartisan objectives to remove restrictions on development, as well as increase the number of residential units on brownfield and greenfield development locations. There are also rules involved to free developers from car parking requirements. However, the new rules are facing opposition from many of the local councils. Most of the Tier 1 councils, that's Auckland, Hamilton, Tauranga, Wellington and Christchurch, have rejected some or all of the rules and have been accused of exploiting the MDSR's qualifying matters clause to avoid intensification. Christchurch City Council has voted against the entirety of the government's intensification rules and will not introduce them. Auckland councillors are sticking with protecting historic housing areas while rezoning other areas of intensification. Hamilton City Council has claimed the entire city is a qualifying matter because all of it feeds into the Waikato River catchment. Wellington City Council has reduced the boundaries within which six-storey buildings can be built. Instead of 20 minutes walking distance around the central city, it will consider only a 10-minute walking distance guideline. Because of opposition, the government will need to decide on appointing commissioners to the council to forcefully apply the changes. Environment Minister David Parker will have the final say, as the process does not allow for appeals to the Environment Court. Christchurch-based service consultant's owner, Hamish Frizzle, says that the government is five years too late in introducing the medium density rules. He said that Auckland's already adopted building intensification through the 2016 Unitary Plan, which had provided an extra 900,000 homes in the city. Many three-storey townhouse developments with more than three units close to Auckland's CBD are difficult to sell as they don't have car parks. Developers all over the country are pulling back from the market because of low sales, higher construction costs and inadequate supplies. Brazil thinks that one good outcome of the new rules is that land values will even out as there are more than enough zoned properties to satisfy with the new density rules. Developers also don't need to pay more as they have in the past. Land sales specialists from Baileys believe that the MPSUD offers great scope for developers to expand their projects and maximise their value, but it's unlikely to cause a development surge 
as developers and investors test the practical application of the new rules against market demand, availability of funding and infrastructure pressures such as transport and wastewater. Bailey's Development Land Sales Director Gerald Rundle agrees, saying that just because higher density housing can be provided doesn't mean the market wants it. Sites, particularly in brownfield areas, don't have the capacity to allow for higher density in the short term. Frizzell warns that the new rules will not address housing affordability issues. Apartments and townhouses are more expensive to build compared to standalone homes, and just because they're marketed as affordable doesn't mean they are for most people. He adds that the new rules will be useful to mum and dad property owners who in some council areas haven't been able to put another home or small unit on their property because of restricted planning rules. This will allow them to do it. Since the introduction of the new rules, Christchurch-based company Service has only received four inquiries for intensification. They think it's because it's neither wanted or needed. Planning consultants Cato Bolam director Peter Rayburn is urging developers not to go to the ultimate extent of the rules and to take into consideration the consequences. Property owners generally don't want their properties to be overlooked by three-storey buildings next door. And while developers can now build three three-storey buildings without consent on any site, much thought needs to be put on the practicality of the build, such as access to stormwater, pipes and terrain. An interesting part of the new rules is parking, as it's not required or wanted by the government or councils. The government aims to encourage people to use public transport, ride bicycles or walk. And this creates a dilemma for developers as they need to make a choice between including a parking area in order to sell the units quickly and get a better return or to allow people to park on streets to maximise the build site. If people don't have car parks, they'll be forced to park on streets, which will lead to congestion, certainly in some areas. This in turn means that people will need to go to bus or train stations for transportation and it might be difficult to persuade those who live on the other side of the city or work on shifts to buy into these developments if they have no choice but to rely on their cars. Second topic for the week in review we've got from the Mortgage Mag on the 1st of November, people batten down the hatches in a tough environment from Centrix. Information from Centrix shows that consumers are doing their best to avoid financial difficulty by borrowing less and prioritising paying down the debts they owe. These measures protect borrowers from the impact of inflation, interest rate pressure and the effects of a potential recession. A key finding in the Centrix report is a downward trend in mortgage lending. Applications for mortgages were down 11% and actual new mortgage borrowing was down 37% both year on year. While fewer people were taking out mortgages, the proportion of people who were behind on repayments slightly increased. In September, 10.6% of the active credit population were behind on repayments, and this is up 2% in a year. There was a subtle increase in mortgage arrears, with 14,600 accounts having overdue payments, but this is a small population compared to the total number of mortgage holders. Centrix does not see any sign of widespread mortgage stress. Arrears on vehicle loans have improved slightly, despite getting worse in the last five months, while arrears on unsecured personal loans have decreased. Arrears on buy now, pay later schemes have fallen slightly. More people were paying the energy bills on time. 
Centrix said there were nearly 2.1 million New Zealanders who had an active credit card, with 650,000 borrowers having multiple credit cards in their wallet. However, people have shut down surplus credit cards and paid off their debts. Of the credit cards remaining, the average credit limit was 7,600. Demand for business loans has declined across the retail, trade, property and healthcare sectors. My thoughts are, if you are starting to struggle, have a close look at your weekly budget. It tends to be the $5 transactions that do more damage without people noticing them. If there are no areas that you can reduce spending and you're really struggling to pay your mortgage, speak to a mortgage advisor as soon as possible. You might be able to consolidate some of your debt to reduce your costs or refinance to make things easier and or reduce your risk. If you've got a mortgage coming off a fixed interest rate within the next six months or so, get in touch with your mortgage advisor and discuss refixing it sooner rather than later. We recommend MI Team for Mortgages and Insurance. Get in touch with them on 0800 8822299 via the website miteam.co.nz or email office at miteam.co.nz. We call them My Team. Topic number three, good returns, 31st of October, Sir John Key lambasts the triple CFA. Former Prime Minister John Key, who currently serves as chairman of ANZ, stated that the triple CFA has made banking more difficult for marginalised New Zealanders and that the current situation is leaving them with fewer options like working with non-regulated or very lowly regulated financial services. Key believed that the idea of limiting lending according to a debt-to-income ratio is causing harm for low-income New Zealanders. There's no need for rules like the DTI because banks were already observing conservative measures to keep high LVR lending low. He added that people who need to get into a home might not necessarily have the deposits and they might not have the bank of mum and dad to help them. The triple CFA was passed into law in late 2021 and immediately provoked a storm of protest. It was accused of smothering lenders and advisors in layers of expensive bureaucracy with few beneficial results and of depriving good borrowers of loans they would otherwise qualify for. Within two months of the law being passed, a review was ordered and two limited reforms were undertaken. These included removing the controversial cups of latte that were added to a potential borrower's expenses. A second tranche of reforms has not yet been activated. That's due to come into play in March 2023. Both tranches were condemned by critics from the financial sector. Key was speaking at the Institute of Finance Professionals of New Zealand conference in Auckland last week. If you want to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free Beginner's Guide to Property Investment events, available live online or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. If you would like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website as well. Fourth topic for this week in review from RNZ on the 1st of November. How long should you lock your mortgage to avoid high interest rates? Mortgage advisors are telling people to consider how much they can afford when locking in a fixed-term mortgage. The future of mortgage rates continues to be uncertain following the official cash rate lift and after several interest rate hikes in major banks last month. 
Loan market mortgage advisor Bruce Patton believes that no one truly knows how high rates could go and how long people should lock in their mortgage should depend on affordability. For homeowners who can afford higher rates, he advised locking in for 18 months in case rates come down. But for those who don't have the finances but were able to budget for the current rates, Patton suggested that they fix for two or three year terms because it gave them a consistency in knowing what they'll pay. He said that there's also been a rising need for splitting mortgages across terms to spread risk. An advantage of splitting a mortgage is being able to transfer to a lower rate quickly, but the whole loan won't be impacted if rates hike up. Patton's expecting inflation to wane in 2024, and interest rates may then start to come down. Squirrel founder John Bolton is encouraging customers to lock in slightly longer periods, such as two years, if they can't afford rate increases. Similar to Patton, Bolton believes affordability is the main deciding factor for locking interest rates. Many borrowers who are still on low rates will need to adjust to a much higher rate environment. A significant number of borrowers will be taking on interest rates above 6%, potentially even around 7%, in the first quarter of 2023 from their current 3.5% interest rates. This is going to have a huge impact on fortnightly and monthly repayments. Topic number five, landlords on the 2nd of November, surface water and river flooding, big risk for property prices. Stress testing by the Reserve Bank reveals river and surface water flooding is a greater risk for property owners compared to coastal flooding. Property owners may see their property values fall as flood risks are priced into the housing market. In the Reserve Bank New Zealand's exercise, it asked the five big banks to measure their exposure to river and flood water risk in the Auckland region, although data and compatibility for assessing that at the national level is not as advanced as that for coastal flooding. The banks used data from the Auckland Council mapping a one-in-a-hundred-year flood zone aligned with a scenario where existing climate policies remain unchanged until 2050. Although there were some differences in the bank's approach, a majority of the results showed an assumption that properties in flood zones will be at high risk. The Reserve Bank in New Zealand found that more than a quarter of the bank's mortgage lending was in flood zones. On a national level, this equates to 12% of their total mortgage lending under a severe climate change outcome. The exercise shows that in terms of total lending, river and water flooding looks to be a greater climate change related hazard for residential mortgages than coastal flooding. Current housing prices do not factor in increased flooding risk due to climate change and potential changes to insurance behaviour. However, the Reserve Bank said that once there has been a clear understanding of the flooding risks, owners may see a fall in the property values. The Reserve Bank's risk assessment analysed how banks' mortgage portfolios would be affected by flooding risks until the year 2100, with the assumption that no changes will be made in the types of properties banks will lend against. New mortgages typically have a maximum 30-year term, and on average a mortgage's principal will be paid down over a shorter time horizon. This means that as we gain a deeper understanding of future flooding risks, banks can find ways to avoid being exposed to these risks over time. One example is by tightening lending requirements for property in high-risk flood zones. It also gives banks the opportunity to work with current customers to mitigate risks.
The study stated that 80% of existing mortgages in the identified flood zones have LBRs, that's loan-to-value ratios, below 60%. Mortgage borrowers with a low LBR have a significant amount of equity to absorb a decline in property value if this were to occur faster than the remaining term of the loan. Falls in the value of properties securing mortgages do not on their own lead to losses for banks. However, with less security supporting a loan, a bank would be more exposed to loss in the event a borrower defaults, the Reserve Bank said. Reserve Bank in New Zealand Deputy Governor Christian Hawkesby says that the Reserve Bank in New Zealand's long-term objective is to support banks so that they can improve their ability to identify climate risks and find solutions to the challenges involved. Although the exercise wasn't exhaustive, it provided useful estimates of exposures related to climate hazards. The findings will be used to design further climate-related stress testing activities. If you'd like to learn more about property investing, join me at one of our regular free training sessions available either online or in person. They're live training sessions and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as possible. Register online at propertyapprentice.co.nz. And if you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we can help you, you can also book a meeting or a phone call with him via our website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Thanks for listening. (music) 